The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Before we get started with tonight's episode of Benched with Bubba, I want to talk to you about rotoballer.com, proud sponsor of the show. Do my written content over at rotoballer.com, and this podcast is a part of the Rotoballer Radio Network. So I want to let you know that uh, football season quickly approaching with you guys. Win big in 2021 with rotoballer.com's NFL Premium Pass. Are you ready to dominate your season long in DFS leagues? Rotoballer's NFL Premium Pass and Draft Kit include rankings, projections, and cheat sheets for all formats. Get exclusive draft articles, DFS tools, lineup optimizers, and premium Slack chats. Join in on the winning and take 50% off any premium pass. Use promo code Bubba, B-U-B-B-A, for another 10% discount. Just visit rotoballer.com backslash radio, sign up today, and start rotoballing like a boss. back everybody to another episode of benched with bubba episode 415 we talk some late round relievers we're not talking like 26th round relievers we're talking late round relievers for your draft champions drafts for those that are in those 50 round drafts so you know you got to dig deep but they'll help you win some leagues because there's so many people and we'll talk about that they get saves each year so uh you can check me out on twitter at bd intricate my co or my guest for the second time on Bench with Bubba. You can find his great work over at rotowire.com. He handles all the bullpen charts, continually updating that, and it's pretty, pretty awesome stuff he's got going on over there. You can find him on Twitter at uh, Ryan Roof, R-U-F-E. Ryan, how we doing, man? Doing good. I thought I got elevated to co-host for for a minute. I'm kicking Toby out or something. You almost got it. You almost got it. It's Tuesday, so my brain was just like, "We're I got my co-host here." You know, it's early for you, so you get a pass. That's fine. I appreciate it. It is early. It is early. I have a half a cup of coffee in, so um, it is early. But I I like doing this. We're gonna bang it out, like I kind of hinted at. We're gonna go over each team and go over relievers. But before we do that, uh, let everybody know what you have going on at RotoWire and where they can find it. All the good stuff. Yeah, uh, rotowire.com. Um, right now I'm working on um, some 
uh, player outlooks for next season, um, mostly focusing on relievers. So um, just hammered out about 50 of those. Um, so I'm excited for those right now and uh, really excited for our new changes to um, the Rotowire closers page. Uh, we did a lot of uh, kind of upgrades just to make the page a little bit cleaner, a little bit more information on the page and uh, just kind of, uh, streamline some of the information that is available to the subscribers. So uh, highly recommend you check that out. Um, obviously, uh, we weren't planning on, this wasn't really something planned. It was just something I kind of brought up to, you know, Clay and James and the the MLB team at Rotowire. And it was just like, hey, uh, what do you guys think about, you know, changing the, the format of the page a little bit? You know, there's certain information I dig into when I'm looking at closers. I, I, I really look at, kind of like their most recent performance to, you know, have they pitched three out of the last four, four, four games, things like that. Um, can we display that on the page? Um, you know, and I was, I was clicking around a little bit through the site just to, to get some information. So, uh, you know, this presents a uniform look for closers, a lot of relevant stats. You can just, you know, sort real easily uh, in terms of save leaders, ERA, Swing strike percentage, ground ball percentage, things like that, just right at the right at your fingertips. So I'm really excited about that. Um, and it's just a little bit cleaner look. So yeah, no, it's awesome what you guys continue to do over there, what you do on this chart, because I know we talked about it last time. It's just insane how much is constantly changing in the landscape of relievers. And um, I think you probably know the number much better than I it was some astronomical number of like how many people got saves last year and were like relevant as closers. That's kind of why this is kind of a, a fun podcast for our deeper league knowledge, but can you kind of just elaborate to, to the listeners how like crazy it was in the closing landscape? Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty crazy. It really aligned with 2019's kind of uptick in, in more relievers seeing getting saves. Um, 2019, there were 199, uh, pitchers who recorded at least one save. And last year there was 198 relievers, unique relievers. Uh, we're not double counting the the guys like Hansel Robles who switched teams and got saves for, for both teams. But if we do that, we're at 205 uh, pitchers who recorded at least one save. So um, it's really just more teams are just um, going to committees or being more flexible with their high leverage relievers. Um, and, you know, however it works out for the ninth, uh, that's, that's, you know, that's how it falls. So, yeah, we're, we're really seeing a lot more uh, relievers get saves, and I expect that trend to continue. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it really does continue. And obviously, we know some teams do it more so than others, but pretty much every team, I, you, you tweeted out an awesome tweet. It was, I think, like seven closers or something got like the majority of their team everybody else was like so much spread out and stuff and and even Kenley Jansen was like a questionable one because you know all these guys got so many but in the end he was the guy like we, we can admit that he was the guy but there were so many and Chapman as well there were so many just wild scenarios last year so finding these late uh, late uh, relievers can be good and some will go before round 27 I was like being sarcastic some of these like elite kind of uh, closer twos on teams are gonna go early but uh, people know what I'm talking about when we kind of get into this whole gamut. And that's why we'll go team by team. So we'll still highlight those guys, but we'll give you some guys you might be able to target later in your draft potentially as well. Uh, before we go into that, 
I know you are in a draft champions. Are you, I don't, do you finish it yet? Or are you still in that one? Yeah, we finished it. Um, okay. I'm in a, I'm wrapping up an NFBC 52, which is similar, but instead of 15 teams, it's a, 12. it's a 12 team league. So yeah, I love those NFBC 50s just because it's still like what I love doing the early drafts is that's why I usually don't dig into like the DCs and stuff till later is it's all about getting the feel for the, the player pool. So mm-hmm. the $50 price point works out well. Yes, it's 12 teams, not 15. So it does change things a bit, but it still kind of gets the juices flowing, gets the mind working in the right way. Um, what have you noticed in like these early drafts when it comes to the closing market, relieving market out there? Yeah, um, certainly the elite relievers are getting pushed up. Um, saw Liam Hendricks get get drafted as soon as pick 15 or 16 uh, right there at the one-two turn, which is um, – you know, a pretty big push. And is it unreasonable? No. Um, I mean, saves are at a premium. I mean, they're one of the categories and, and Hendricks really does provide, you know, five categories, uh, you know, performance. Uh, he had eight wins last year in addition to his 30 some yeah. saves and elite ratios and high strikeout totals. So um, is it what I would do? No. Um, I'm, I'm going to, still try to get a secure closer if I can, but, um, you know, I'll probably, you know, target one in the round five, six range with the Diaz and class a Presley types. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's really interesting, especially with these early drafts. Um, you know, I've seen Blake training go super high right now because Jansen's unsigned and, you know, if he doesn't sign with the Dodgers, Trinan's probably the guy, right? So uh, I've seen him go super early. It's just it's just kind of crazy how uh, things are shaking out right now. Um, you know, and it's right now it's a lot of risk reward, right? Like Gallegos is going super early. Love him as a pitcher. I think he could be like awesome as a closer. But you know, what if they sign Melanson or somebody? You know what I mean? Like it's it's a lot of risk reward right now. So getting those guys who have been established for a while, Chapman, Jansen, you know, Presley, those are guys I'm really targeting right now. I think they're all really great values right now. Um, yeah. A couple of things there. It is, that is part of the perks of doing these early drafts is you can find value or get kind of guys at different times and everything. And that's also the downfalls that could backfire or you could, I get that was the joke I made in a lot of the early drafts I did last year. I got at least one guy on every team that didn't even sign. Like a rich, yeah. uh, like it was, it was insane that I just had an empty roster spot for the entire season. But um, that's kind of the the risks you take on these early drafts. And initially, when I saw the Liam Hendricks, I'm like, that's crazy. But like you said, his stats are great. It's not what I would do because my mind, I guess, isn't just built to do that. And I'd rather take my chances elsewhere. But especially in like a draft champions where you have no waiver wire to make changes, and there's an overall championship, you need to lock in saves. Like it's that simple. Yeah. So it definitely changes kind of your approach on things. We'll see like in a redraft format with with waivers and everything, how that – or a fab, a fab budget, see how that would play out. Maybe he goes a couple rounds later or something. We'll see. But I could see the appeal to – you know, you're getting 40-plus saves right there, unless barring an injury, which you can't predict. So you're getting like really, really good stuff there, which makes a ton of sense in that regard. And in the draft champions, I started the, the one in uh, first pitch Arizona. We had the first – 30 rounds, I think, or 27 rounds or something. And closers were just going so fast. I, 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 this podcast is built for me. Let's put it that way. Cause I'm going <laughs> to have to find a lot of late targets to kind of, uh, to kind of make things happen. Cause I, I, my brain wasn't ready to take guys as early as they were going. 
I just couldn't do it. Right. It's it's crazy. Yeah, but, and 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 to touch on one thing you 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 covered there, it, the format, uh, you know, being a DC, you're, you're you don't get to pick anyone up, right? That's you know going to change my approach as compared to a fab league. You know, in a fab league, I'm 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 going to probably wait on saves and and play the waiver wire, just you know, covering bullpens for rotowire. You know, I'm more deeply into that than probably the average player. So I'm going to be more comfortable speculating on guys for a dollar or two, you know, ahead of, you know, I noticed somebody who's, you know, struggling or beginning to struggle. I'm going to, I'm going to speculate on, you know, probably the next man up. Yeah. No, Whereas that's a DC, you got to lock in those saves. Um, so. No, that, that's a great point. Cause that's something that I, last year, cause every Tuesday night, Toby and I would recap the fab of the week and I'd be like, how do you spend this much money on a guy that's going to get speculative closes? It's crazy. But the thing is, is sure. Okay. You can find that diamond. Like a couple of years ago, I told, I keep telling the story. I, I got Liam Hendricks and that worked out great. That was phenomenal with the ace. Does that happen very often? No, but the way saves are changing so much, as you mentioned, the 198 uh, different uh, closers and everything are individual saves people. Um, you're still getting them later in the year. And we saw it. So, and they're cheaper as the year goes on. Right. So if you don't break the bank early per se, but you start like say mid season targeting saves, you can still get a boatload of saves for right. a lot cheaper. So you can play it for sure. And like Ryan said, if you follow his charts and others like awesome work out there, you can be ahead of the curve and get a couple like speculative bids in there and try to get guys. And you're not banging on the injury where everyone's going to pay a million dollars for someone. You're going to speculate on the guy losing his job, which happens a lot on these teams in baseball these days. So definitely right. an option as well. Yeah, but, you know, another observation from at least the, the DC I was in in this 50 uh, that I'm wrapping up is is there are a lot of, you know, save sources after round 30. Um, okay. There's even a lot after round 40. Now, are they, are they going to get you 10, 15 saves? Probably not. But, I mean, there's still sources there that you can plug in and, and you know, get a handful of saves, um, you know, that can help you you know try to get to that overall so yeah and, and the beauty of these dcs and everything it's the same with the i guess the families but it's more so in the dcs because you're just locked into that roster there's weeks you can be like you know what i'm just gonna start one starting pitcher i'm gonna start eight of these guys and try to rack up saves in one week because it's just the matchups are different or or you're not you're not able to like pick up a two-pitch streamer off the wire and like i don't want to use this guy this week because of the matchup so i'm gonna go use another guy that could give me a save or two and see how that goes so having that kind of depth with guys that might not get a bunch of saves but have potential for saves could um could pay off as well so it's definitely yeah different angles. And, one, and one thing to remember is when when you dive into these dcs or 50s or whatever just because a guy spent time in the closer role in 21 2021 and got saves doesn't mean they're primed for the closer role in 2022 so guys like Jimmy Garcia or Richard Rodriguez, Andrew Chafin, these guys were, you know, great save sources last year. Um, but, you know, I'm seeing some of these guys go like way earlier than some better relievers, you know, higher strikeout upside. And I don't know, it's, that's not, you know, maybe they fall into saves again, you know, they proved they can obviously pitch in high leverage, but, you know, are they favorable to, land a closing job probably not so just something to remember just when you're when you're trying to decide between some some different relievers for saves you know don't just 
take Yimmy Garcia because he got 15 saves last year. Look, look a little bit deeper. Notice that when he went to the Astros, he was, he was in kind of a middle relief role. Um, and that's probably, you know, on a good team, that's, you know, that's where he's, he's, that's what his role is going to be. So, yeah, no, he, he got those saves because the Marlins. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's, exactly. that's what we got to say. So, yeah, for sure. Um, when you're looking before we get into the teams here, you mentioned something like the strikeouts and everything. When you're looking at these later targets, what helps you differentiate between guys? You besides obviously the work you've done to see where their roles are potentially and whatnot. Like you mentioned, Chafin. I know a lot of people love Chafin. You say where he's going in drafts, they love Chafin. We still don't know if he's going to be the closer, but you have guys that might have elite strikeout stuff that could fall into a role because we've seen that time and time again throughout a season when the roles change and stuff. These are the guys that more often than not fall into it. How do you go about looking for those later round guys? Yeah, I'm uh, like if I'm in round 45, I'm probably going to target someone with the higher, you know, help me in ratios and strikeouts if they're not giving me saves. So, um, just uh top of my head like mike mayers he's got like a i don't know at least a 10 caper nine right mm-hmm. i'm gonna target him over someone like cody hoyer who doesn't strike out as many guys you know maybe his path to saves is maybe a little bit better than mayors but i don't know i just i just there's other contributions there for mayors that you know are a little bit more advantageous than than hoyer who could have a four era and you know you know, kind of not get me, not get me many strikeouts. So um, that's kind of a differentiator. Look at I look at the kind of savant pages. See if I'm seeing red. That's you know, that's obviously a plus. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm looking for more overall help because I was actually uh, one of my draft champions leagues last year. Um, I didn't draft enough pitchers, so I was starting late in the year. Um, Blake Trinan, um, Corey Knebel. Bruce Star great all <laughs> starting yeah. all those guys because I literally had no healthy pitchers. So I want guys who are going to, you know, help boost me in the categories. I need not just. Saves. That's one of the hardest parts about the DCs and these like NFBC fifties and stuff is just, and when injuries happen and last year they happened at a ridiculous rate, you were just left holding the bag. I've told the story. I had drafted three first basements in the entire month of September and one league I had zero first basements on my roster. So yeah. it was just like, you nothing you can do about it. It's just like, this is the way it goes. But you mentioned not having enough starting pitchers. And I was going to ask you, in a perfect world, in an ideal world, the more you've done these, you probably kind of got a little bit of a program you're trying to uphold for the most part. How many, like, relief pitchers are you trying to finish a draft with? Or is it just kind of overall pitchers? Yeah, I think it depends on, like, the security of my, like, you know, top closers. If if I get a Hendricks and a Hater, I'm probably not going to, invest as much true um you know on the on relievers later on um i'm gonna try to get those innings but generally i land somewhere in the like six to seven range for a 50 round dc um i've been trying to target more pitchers this year last year i was in kind of the 21 to 22 range for pitchers and like i said that really just kind of bit me um so i've been trying to be in the 23, 24 range and with six or seven of those as relievers and safe specs. So it's generally where I land. There's, I don't think there's a, like I said, it, it depends on the security of my, my first couple closers. Like, you know, if I have some risky guys, I'll, I'll probably, you know, spend that seventh or eighth slot on a, on a spec closer late. 
Yeah, makes a lot of sense to me. Let's talk about some teams. Let's talk about all the teams, and we'll go through them. And some will be a lot easier than others, but yep. uh, there will always be some uh, some fun ones to chat with. And we'll just go alphabetically like your chart suggests, and we'll start with the Arizona Diamondbacks. And I love also what you have on here is just the first thing right here on the, just the main chart, the total saves for a team. The D-backs had 22 saves last year, so it kind of makes you think, were they really worth the, the, the you know investing money in? Now, that could change every year. Don't get me wrong. But right. it just goes to show you that like certain teams are going to get you much more chances than others. But who do you see coming out in this, or who's worth taking a chance on? Because like you have Wendelkin uh, is speculated as the closer, and we all know that could change on a moment's notice. Yeah, and those twenty-two saves were split between eight relievers. So, oh man, <laughs> I think the the leader had like four or something, or five, maybe it, it might have been Soria actually. I think it was Soria yeah. before he got traded. Um. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking at two guys here in this bullpen, um, both JBs. Uh, you mentioned Wendelkin. Um, his uh, ADP is really kind of going around 39 uh, when his highest pick, uh, round 27, pick 402. Um, I don't know. He, he was DFA'd by Oakland last year. It was, it was strange uh, considering they, you know, he's a decent reliever. They're a contending team. Just to get rid of like bullpen depth like that, it was it was just kind of a weird move. I don't know if it was like an injury, I don't know, concern or or what. But Arizona came in, claimed him mid August. Um, I mean, pitched a career high, forty three and two thirds innings. Still pretty young, doesn't give up many homers. I mean, I think he's kind of the favorite for the job just just due to the lack of other options right now. I uh, got a couple saves last year, so. I think he's the guy to target. And like I said, super late. I mean, if he's the guy, I mean, if, and if he's the closer, I mean, that's, you know, 15, 20 saves in round 39. That's, that's a good gamble worth taking my opinion. Well, he's a surprising one to me because going into last season with the A situation kind of in flux, people thought he was kind of going to be a guy to get saves with the A's. And then he just, like you said, got DFA'd. And it was a weird, weird year for him. But maybe this is the year for him for sure. Yeah. And the other guy, um, former first round pick, uh, JV Bukoskis, um, he's one of the guys that came over to Arizona in the, in the Zach Granke deal. Uh, he got demoted last year for inconsistency reasons. Uh, it was a bit of a health risk, too. Um, just kind of one of those max velocity guys, just throws super hard. Um, did get a save when he was demoted for AAA Reno. So just someone to keep an eye on, not, not, you know, earlier than your 48th round pick or something like that. But, um, you know, the, the upside is there if you're looking for it. Yeah. No, he was a name that uh, a lot of people liked last year, but he just did the inconsistencies were rough. So that'd be a, definitely a good one to circle later on. Let's go to the world series champion Braves here. It seems like Will Smith's going to be the guy, but is there anyone else to speculate on there in Atlanta? Um, I mean, the night shift, I mean, you gotta, right. Like it's a pretty cool nickname for like that, that quartet of, uh, elite relievers there. Um, I mean, I think, you know, Atlanta was one of those teams that didn't really use many relievers for saves. I think they only had four relievers log saves and, and it was Smith who logged 90% of them and the other three had one apiece. So, um, if you're going to look at anyone, you can probably look at um, Luke Jackson, uh, past round 45. He's closed before. He had 31 holds last year, which was second best in the majors. Um, 
ERA estimators suggest he was a little bit lucky last year, but um, I don't know. He's done it before. He, he's obviously one of their highest leverage relievers. So if something happens to Smith, he's injured, whatnot, you know, he would be one that I would look to back Smith up with if I drafted him. I like um, it. Other than him, I mean, Matt Sek had a, had a really nice year. He's a little inconsistent. Um, started the year real well, then kind of lost his control a little bit. But um, it's kind of fun just seeing him succeed in the playoffs and then his story. He's got a great, great nickname too, Nutsack. Yeah, <laughs> so. the Nutsack nickname. The uh, his just performance in the postseason was amazing, and then to watch the officers try to arrest him during the parade was one of the funnier <laughs> things I've ever seen. I was like, that was fantastic. As like officer, I, I know he had a great postseason, but who do you think's wearing a Matsick jersey walking up and down the street right now? Like, really? <laughs> who and like, come on. If right. anybody's got jerseys, play Acuna or Freeman or something else. Let's be realistic about this. For like two seconds. <laughs> but, yeah, that was hilarious. Uh, it was, it was one of the better videos out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go to Baltimore, to the Orioles, where it's every year it seems to be a, a, a head-scratcher on what are we doing, one of the places we like to stream closers at because they're always streaming. But is there anybody worth targeting in this bullpen? Yeah, a um, couple guys actually um, going after round 30, um, Cole Sulcer and Tyler Wells. Sulcer, ADP around round 33. Um He's led the Orioles in saves for two straight years. Granted, they were both single digits in uh, both those years. Um, he had an eight last year. Uh, really nice uh, year for him. He cut his walk rate in half, um, career high, 63 in the third innings. So, um, And then Tyler Wells, uh, rule five pick from the Twins at Tommy John 2019. Uh, was one um, 29% K rate, 5.5% walk rate. Um uh, four saves um a lot of upside there i think uh thing with the orioles is you know they had one of the lowest save totals like the diamondbacks did they only had 26 as a team and brandon hyde likes to use a committee this is why these guys are going late in dcs is because you can't really rely on 10 saves from anyone but um these are two guys i I, they're the favorites for saves in in baltimore's arm barn so uh i mean after round 30, I mean, I think these guys are, are nice picks. Yeah, it's always a, a – you never know what's going to happen there. And, like, it's, it's interesting. You try to not spend too much on them, but they get saves. And Solskjaer's, like, shown such promise at times that I'd really like to see. And Wells, I think he got a save or two and then got hurt last year. So, we'll see. Yeah, he, he was – he got four saves last year and then um, no. uh, injury uh, mid-September, I think, cut his season yeah. short. But Yeah, there was some hype on him towards the end for sure. Uh, let's go to Boston, where Matt Barnes was uh, on the outs towards the end of last year. We saw Whitlock. We saw a lot of uh, – we have, saw Robles, and he's not around anymore. There was all kinds of stuff going on in Boston. So what should we expect potentially as we draft for 2022? Yeah, um, with kind of rumors of Whitlock going to the rotation, um, how just having two pitches probably going to remain in kind of this long man, long relief role. Um, Adovino's a free agent. Robles is a free agent. So there's not many guys left. Uh, Matt Barnes is the guy right now. So um, unless they sign or trade for somebody, I think Barnes is the favorite to open 2022 in the role. They, they signed him to an extension uh, in the middle of last year. Um, he had like a dominant first half. He was so good. So he could be like a huge value if he re- reverts back to that pre-All-Star break form. Um, his ADP right now is 
um, round 19, but he went as low as pick 466, which is round 32. Like that, that could just be an immense value if, if, you know, they don't sign anyone uh, to be their closer. So um, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see if he can get back to that dominant form that he had at the beginning of last year, because he was, he was, he was really good. So we're definitely going to have to keep an eye on who they sign. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, it, I, I would imagine good. they're going to sign a trade for someone. but Yeah, for sure. Because just even looking on the right side of the screen here, the closers and waiting ranks, I'm not going to give those out to everybody. But there's about seven or eight guys that are unsigned right now. So mm-hmm. that, that if just one of those guys sneaks into Boston, then that can make things a little interesting, potentially. So I guess yeah, another guy who um, is – who's been undrafted through at least the four DCs that were finished was um, Hirokazu Sawamura. Um, He had uh, 75 saves in Japan uh, before he came over to the States. Um, Has a a nice ground ball rate last year in his rookie season um, here, but um, walks and home runs were an issue. So really needs to address those before, you know, he kind of ascends that high leverage ladder, but there's another, you know, high leverage option there if, uh, you know, they're, they're a little thin on the depth side. All right, let's go to Wrigley Field. The Chicago Cubs were – everyone was getting traded last year, and that could happen again this year if you're having a good season. So there could be a lot of moving pieces in this bullpen. Um, how do you see this one flushing out for now? Because uh, I know we all wanted Rowan Wick last year when trades happened. didn't work out quite as planned. Yeah, they, they really kind of went full committee after the Kimball trade. Uh, there is – I mean, it was really Kimbrel, and then I think like nine or ten more guys got got saves the rest of the season in the second half. So um, I still think Wick's the favorite um, just because of his strikeout rate. Um, it was near 30%. Um, he led the the team with five saves after the Kimbrel trade. Um, he just got blown up a little bit. Uh, his 14% walk rate was was too high. Um, so uh, Hoyer got a couple saves. Um, so Wick's going around round 30. Um which could be a great value, but, you know, Cubs want to spend, I, I would imagine they're going to be, you know, players for a closer or high end reliever. Um, Hoyer's ADP is around round 40. Um, he got a couple saves after the trade. Um, he could get, you know, as the roster stands today, he's a, he's one of their highest leverage guys uh, could step into saves. So, um, but I would imagine they're gonna, you know, there's a lot of moves to make there. Um, you know, considering, you know, a lot of guys left uh, via trade and free agents. So, yeah, we'll have to see how that plays out. Cause there's, they say they're going to spend now. I have a weird feeling there's some more cast offs coming their way. So we're going to see how this one plays out. Uh, Cincinnati Reds, they say they're selling. So buckle up. But uh, Lucas Sims, you know, we saw Garrett last year. We saw Lorenzen at times last year. We saw um, Henry. Um, yeah, there's so many of them, so many of them last year. And um, where do we stand right now? So believe it or not, Cincinnati, is this this is the most exciting team for, for media target for, for late relievers in, in, in draft champions leagues. Um, and I meant to ask you, I, I was going to ask you before we started recording, like if you could guess what team it was, uh, but, but. It makes, sense. <laughs> it, it makes sense if you're speculating because they should still win baseball games unless they completely blow it up. And they have so many talented relievers. It's interesting. Yeah, I, I love this. Uh, these options here. So 
Kyle Bodie, um, he's no longer with the Reds, but um, his work with the young arms in that system has me really excited for for the guys who recently made their debut or, or are close. Um, and Kyle's is, is funny because he's a, he's a Northeast Ohio guy. Um, we used to play magic all the time at, at the local card shop. Um, so it's, it's cool just to like kind of see like a guy who I knew back then was destined for big things. And now he's got driveline and uh, just, it's, it's really cool to see, but um, yeah, I really like this, uh, this, uh, this pen. Uh, Lucas Sims was fantastic last year. I think, I think he kind of got, really unlucky with his injury. Um, you know, he was gaining some momentum in the role. He had like five saves in a, in a really short span and then he got injured. Um, but career high 14 and a half, uh, K per nine. He had seven saves, nine holds, um, 440 ERA, but the estimators say the, he had a 299 fifth and a 255 X ERA. So, um, I think he's the favorite for me right now. He's uh, his ADP is around round 25. Um, definitely somebody I would look into, but a lot of other options you can get much later. Um, I'll touch on a few guys uh, who, you know, may actually be rotation targets as opposed to uh, relievers, but Hunter green uh, round 26 ADP, Nick Lodolo round 33. Um, you know, there's, those are obviously the hyped, uh, prospects for the rotation, uh, especially if the trade they trade uh, Luis Castillo or Sonny Gray. Um, but I can't imagine they'll get you know 180 innings. Uh, so those might be guys who eventually spend some time in the bullpen or maybe high leverage work if they're trying to limit their workload. Nice, uh, nice. Another guy I really like Reaver San Martin or San Martin. I don't know how you say it, but. Um, I was talking with Rob Pietro the other day. Just, I don't know what, what it is about this guy. Just, uh, he had a solid debut last year. Uh, both his starts were against the Pirates, though. So, um, okay, I can't take too much stock familiar. in that, but yeah, I remember that one now. Yeah, he could step into a solid 120, 140 innings, um, in the rotation. You know, uh, he's one of the, uh, three guys competing for two, two open spots right now. Uh, round 36 ADP. I'm targeting him there. Um, really like him a lot. Um, and two other guys who, uh, for saves in particular, uh, to look at are Art Warren and Dory Moretta. Uh, Warren, round 45 ADP. Moretta, round 50. Um, Warren had 27 career saves in the minors. He made his debut last year. Uh, 34 to 8K to walk in 21 innings. Uh, with great ratios. So uh, really exciting. He could certainly step into the saves picture um and he already had a, a really nice debut so um moretta also made his big league debut towards the end of last year he had 18 career saves in the minors including eight four triple a louisville last year so doesn't walk many guys uh, i really think these guys could you know for as for as bad as cincinnati's bullpen was last year i think i think these guys could really turn things around in a hurry Nice. I'm looking forward to that because, uh, A, I like to root for the Reds just because I think they're good and I just hate how the ownership continues to blow it up, like ruining yeah. these good teams. But you get these young arms in there and it's always exciting because um, it allows them to keep trading guys, which stinks, but it allows them to stay competitive, which, which is also good as well, which helps us in fantasy as well. So I'm going right. to definitely have Warren and Marietta circled on my uh, to-do list later on to kind of dig in on those as well because that sounds – 
very, very intriguing because as much as I like Lucas Sims, I was in on him last year. If they're selling, like I could see him be going to at some point in time if he does yeah. stay healthy. So everyone's available pretty much unless your name is Joey Votto right now. And maybe Jonathan India. Maybe I'll say Jonathan India since he's the rookie of the year. So we'll leave that one there. Yeah, and I just yeah. actually saw a tweet. I think it was somebody shared it. I think it was Greg Jewett. Uh, shout out to him for all his awesome Amazing work stuff. at uh, Lever yeah. Recon. Uh, subscribe on Patreon, $3 a month. There you it's go. definitely worth it. I'm a subscriber. Yep. He's awesome. His his team does great work. But I think uh, he just shared his tweet about Warren. Uh, I can't I can't remember the context of the tweet because it was like right before that we were started recording. Um, but he was on some sort of pitching leaderboard with you know all the elite guys like Hader and Hendricks and Cole and um, I'll have to go find that. But uh, yeah, Warren's pretty exciting. Uh, someone I'm really excited about. Yeah, looking forward to that. But the, what uh, Ryan did say about Greg and the reliever recon, definitely check that out. As you guys, Greg's been on the show many times. We uh, love what Greg does. So um, worth every penny. The coffees and closers waking up to that, worth it in itself. So yep. um, Cleveland Indians, this is a good one because Emmanuel Classe kind of stepped in and just ran with it last year after everyone wanted Karinchek. It just didn't work out so well. Um, are we just sticking with Class A and rolling, or are we going to take some chances on some other Cleveland relievers? The Guardians, I should Guardians, say. Guardians, yeah. Yes, Guardians, I totally uh, – I got it's official now. Like I, I even love the uh, – I think the Athletic did it. It was like baseball team, roller team, shake hands, both the yep. Guardians now. Yeah, both the Guardians, yeah. Beautiful. No, uh, yeah, Class A is, I think, pretty pretty established uh, himself as the as the guy. Um, Korean check, just, just super inconsistent. You know, that sticky band last year really, really crushed him. Um, you know, he struggled so bad once that band took place and, and got demoted to the minors. Um, really 13.6% walk rate. That just doesn't play um, in the closer role. So I think Class A is one of the most secure closers you can you can draft. Um, a couple other guys, though, um, who have gone undrafted thus far in DCs, aside from, from Karen Cech, who's... Uh, going in around round 23. Um, Nick Sandlin and Anthony Ghost. Um, Ghost is just a fun story. He was a former outfielder. I was, remember drafting him for steals in DCs yep. a long time ago. Um, throws gas uh, 100 miles an hour. So uh, lefty. I mean, he probably has a lot of work to do to, to really kind of ascend the high leverage ladder in Cleveland. But just imagine like the Guardians throwing Ghost left-handed 100 miles an hour in the eighth and class a 100 miles an hour in the ninth it's that's the that's a heck of a one-two punch to say the least yeah he had a he had a pretty nice debut last year only Mm -hmm. six and two-thirds innings but 92k to walk 135 era 060 whip so it's a really nice debut for him it's just fun story definitely someone to monitor i don't you know not if anything it's around 50 pick um but nick sandlin was good too he uh Saved seven games in the minors. Um, he had a really promising rookie debut, ERA under three, 34% strikeout rate. So uh, one thing with him is just he's got to cut his walks, 12 and 12% walk rate. So uh, if he does that, then I'm, I'm sure he'll probably be this the setup man for uh, Class A. Yeah, the, the ghost stuff is amazing. Like you said, I remember him playing outfield for the Tigers and just kind of this kind of median guy that you wanted for steals, and now he's out there just pumping heat. Yeah, and it's really just cool. it's crazy to watch it happen because we've seen guys try to do little transitions either from pitcher to hitter, hitter to pitcher, and it doesn't work out very often. So right. to see him actually do it and make it work has been pretty fun to see. Yeah. 
Yeah, Rick and Keel was the other yeah, guy, I think. And Keel yeah. for sure. That one was a while long because he just couldn't pitch anymore. Just lost all control. Of the, the yips to a like you're a golf guy now. Yips to a T. It was crazy. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was fun to watch. Uh Colorado Rockies. This is a bullpen that it stinks to invest in because it's coors, but saves are saves as the world we live in. So where are we going here? Because like I took a late shot on an Estevez, and I've already been told that was foolish, and I, it makes sense. But where are you going with this bullpen? No, I think Estevez makes sense. Um, I mean, Bard, uh, he, he should be the favorite to open that um, 2022 in the role. Um, if we're just talking late round guys, um, I mean, take your pick. I mean, any of them. I mean, nobody wants to draft a Colorado reliever. One guy um, I actually tweeted about recently was uh, Lucas Gilbreth. Um, hasn't been drafted yet in the draft champions leagues, but, um, just really, really solid after the all-star break, he, 28 innings, 096 ERA, 107 whip, 30 strikeouts, um, three wins and a save. So just really promising results. I, I just love like finding random stats like that. Like mm-hmm. over this sample, this guy was just crazy good. And, and, you know, oftentimes that could lead to like, you know, how you identify like breakouts, right? Yep. So somebody to monitor. He's the only lefty in Colorado's pen, which may limit his save opportunities right now. But I mean, round 48 to 50 dart throw. I mean, if you have Estevez, back him up, back him up with Gilbreth. And I like it because Colorado, we, we see the change in the guard there all the time, every season. Yeah. So it's definitely, and if Estevez is any good, he'll get traded. So like, yeah. these are all options in Colorado. Um, let's go to the White Sox where King Hendricks resides and don't see much change in there barring an unforeseen uh, injury. Craig, Craig Kimbrell, we kind of expect to be traded. So what are you doing with this bullpen? Yeah, it's, um, I mean, Hendricks, obviously the guy, uh, one guy I'm, I'm really targeting is Garrett Crochet, uh, ADP like 536, which is round 36. Um, his role is still to be determined, could move to the rotation, um, if he does that, um, he could open 2022 in the minors, but um, with Kopech likely to the rotation, Kimbrell traded, um, could really just see him stepping into a more prominent high leverage role in the seventh or eighth inning ahead uh, of Hendricks. So he can go multiple innings too. Um, so I don't know. It's going to be an interesting decision for them because, uh, you know, he, he obviously proved he can excel as a, as a reliever and, um, you know, they really kind of babied his innings last year. Um, so are they really going to throw him out there for, you know, 140 innings as a starter this year? I don't, I don't know. I just, I think it makes sense for him to just kind of come back to the pen, but if he, if he moves to the rotation, that's, you know, a, a nice value for around 36 pick, mm-hmm. you know, can get a lot of innings. Uh, if he does move to the rotation. Yeah. And he's, Regardless of where he lands, I guess, role-wise, I think he's going to help you regardless. It's kind of yeah. what, what what works there because his stuff is great. And it was like a year, less than two years ago, maybe even last year, we were all speculating on Crochet having a big role in that bullpen to begin with. So uh, that makes a lot of sense. If these moving pieces continue to move, he should slide into a seventh, eighth inning type role with potential to, if God forbid, something happens to Liam Hendricks, uh, take over there. So I, I like that a lot. Uh, speaking of Craig Kimbrell, I have to at least ask you, what are you doing with him in drafts? Because you'd imagine wherever he's traded is a team that needs a re- like a, a high-end reliever, but not always the case. 
Yeah, it was a uh, it was interesting. Uh, I'm sure everybody saw the stat where you know it, as a as a closer in the ninth inning he had a a great ERA, but in the eighth inning he had like a five ERA or something like that. Um, his ADP right now is uh, is one forty two. Um, so I don't know. He could be a great value at that pick. I mean, you know, obviously it depends on where he goes. Uh, be interesting the if he went back to the Red Sox, um, kind of where he started his career, but. Or that was Braves or Reds. I can't remember. He was with both of them. So, yeah. uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. He's kind of the first closer off the board after like the top, like, you know, 10, 11 guys are drafted in DCs. It's like really kind of a gap between uh, Romano and Will Smith. And then there's kind of a 50 pick gap. And then Kimbrell starts off like kind of the next tier of closers. So gotcha. um, could be a great value if he lands the closer role somewhere. Well, we'll have to wait and see. Again, drafted early, you can find a value because if he gets a great spot, he's going to move up quite a bit. So, yeah, yeah definitely could be quite the value, as you said. Let's go to the Detroit Tigers here. We got um, – they had a lot of pieces last year. You know, Soto's got electric stuff, sometimes a little walk issue. Fulmer looked really good if he could stay healthy. There were a bunch of moving pieces, but they're getting better, which could lead to more saves. They still have 42 saves last year, which is definitely respectable in the saves world. It just got spread out everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. They really started with the committee and then uh, Soto kind of just, you know, established himself in the role and, and AJ Hinge has already come out and said, you know, he's the closer. He's not going to be the full time guy. We'll still use him in high leverage scenarios, you know, in the sixth, seventh or eighth too. But, um, you know, all the more reason to, to target Michael Fulmer uh, right now is ADP is kind of in round 19, which I don't know, a little, little early for me just because I don't think he'll, I really like Soto. I don't. I don't think he's probably going to give up the job unless he's just terrible. Um, who knows? Coming off injury, right? Like he had a, I think, an injury to his to his throwing hand or his finger or something like that. So, um, I don't know. Fulmer performed much better as a reliever than as a starter. So, I, I would imagine, you know, they're going to keep him in the in the bullpen. It just makes a lot a lot more sense. Two fifty three ERA as a reliever compared to. 497 as a starter so and he just can't stay healthy as a starter right now yeah yeah exactly so i think you know a return to the pen makes sense and you know 10 saves 10 12 saves um just kind of backing up soto like you said uh that you know i think he'll get his so okay let's go to the houston astros here ryan presley seems to be the guy and he seems to kind of always be that underappreciated, should be close to the more elite tier than kind of mid-pack tier closers. And he yeah. just kind of sits there in the wings. And you mentioned him like, you know, I'll take a Class A Presley to start with. And it's because he's that good. Uh, who else are you looking at in Houston? Um, right now, nobody. Um, just because Kendall Graveman, Yumi Garcia, Brooks Raley are all free agents. They, they really have to overhaul um, that bullpen and just get some depth. So I'm not targeting anyone else. Um I just remember Josh James used to be kind of that guy you'd target just for the strikeout upside and, you know, the bulk relief, uh, just innings. But, you know, he was hurt last year. I'm not sure you can rely on him. Um, Anoli Paredes has some crazy strikeout upside, but walked like 18 batters per nine last year in his <laughs> limited sample. So that ain't going to cut it. That's not going to cut it. Um, so, I mean, if he really cuts his, his walk rate, I mean, he could be a ridiculous high leverage uh, arm for them, but um, he has yet to show he can do that. So, um, 
yeah, right now it's just just Presley in this in this pen that I'm targeting. All right, let's head to Kansas City, a team that loved using committees last year. And honestly, I would be shocked if that didn't change this year. So um, what are we looking at in Kansas City? Yeah, um, eight relievers had a save last year for, for the Royals. Um, they really kind of used that committee for, for, for the first um, two, three months of the season before Barlow gained that momentum and really started kind of being the primary closer. Um, yeah, I see kind of a return to a committee here. Um you know, Barlow, um, I mean, he's always been good, but like before this year, he was kind of had the, like the four ERAs, you know, ERAs in the fours. So I don't know if he'll revert back to that right now. He's, he's, he's going in round 12 and I'm not paying that for, for Barlow, you know, as good as he was last year, I think, you know, the, the threat of a committee is just too risky in Kansas city. Um, having said that, Greg Holland's a free agent. Wade Davis is gone. Jesse Hahn's a free agent. Urban Santana's a free agent. Um, so there really should be, a, like, similar to Houston, a relief overhaul to complement Barlow, Stama, Jake Brents, Dylan Coleman. Those are their, you know, the guys that are kind of be all in the mix for saves, I think. Um, Stama kind of uh, mid-20s ADP right now. Um ran hot and cold last year price is probably still a little bit too early for me um but he really had a, a nice uh end of last season over the final three months he had a 193 era so um it's just right before that he had a 509 era over two months so it's just you know establishing that consistency um Dylan Coleman, uh, around 47 ADP, had 12 career saves in the minors. He had nice rookie debut, strikeout upside. Um, could see them going to him if they don't really sign anyone uh, flashy. I could see him being in the mix for you know a handful of saves. And uh, Jake Brents um, going undrafted right now. He had 13 career saves in the minors. Um, had a couple for Kansas City last year. He's the team's top lefty, so... Um, out of anyone, aside from Stamat, if I'm targeting late, uh, it might be Brents. Um, yeah. yeah, at worst, he should get the high leverage spots, which could lead to maybe a win here and there, which could yeah. be good too. So I, I, I like that call with Brents. That's one thing people need to also remember. It's like, okay, I'm taking these chances late, hoping for saves, but it also means they're probably going to be in the late innings, which could lead to wins and other ratio games. So. Yeah, it's so and it and it's so tough to like project right now, right? It's so oh, early. Yeah. Like, but time. but one thing I'm looking at is like who's free agents, right? Like, mm-hmm. okay, so Kansas City and Houston, perfect examples. Like, ton of guys are free agents that were you know relievers for them last year. So if they don't really make too many moves in free agency, you know these guys will ascend that high leverage ladder and, and fall into saves, especially in committees like Kansas City. No, I like that quite a bit. Let's go over to the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, who just signed a starting pitcher, has thrown two innings in the last two years to so $21 million. We won't talk about that today, but that was um, an eye-opener to me. We will talk about their bullpen, who Rossio Iglesias is just the man. And um, I'm still shocked uh, Cincinnati traded him when they did, but they did. And there's rumors that the Angels might trade Iglesias, which I don't ever see happening with they just signed Thor. So what are you doing with the rest of this bullpen? Um, yeah. And they, I think, I think they were, the angels made a qualifying offer to, to Iglesias, which he has to, 
accept or decline by tomorrow, right? So yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll see if he's going to be a free agent soon. But um, beyond uh, Iglesias, um, I already mentioned him, Mike Mayers. Um, he was demoted from his high leverage role last year. Um, he he had a period where he struggled, but he really uh, came on strong at the end of last season. Finished with a two seventy eight ERA after the All Star break. Um, K rates around thirty percent, so he has all the makings of a, uh, you know, to step into the role if if you know Iglesias is moved or gets hurt. Um, so he's really the only one I'm targeting right now, but maybe Cindergard, you know, that in. would make more sense than starting. <laughs> like I like Thor. It's, I feel so bad when I tweet something or say something. I love Thor. I, I want him to be good. I really do. I was shocked by the money. And the yep. Mets get a pick. Oh, yeah. Like I literally tweeted out, the Mets didn't have to pay eighteen million dollars for him, and they got a, a a pick in compensation. This is the most anti-Mets thing I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Like this is this is perfect. So I wish the best. I would love to see a healthy Thor with a healthy Trout and an Otani. That would be electric. That would be great. Yeah. I think I figured it'd be like a two or three year deal where like okay, the the early years are cheap, and then you can earn more money because I don't think he's going to throw that much this year. So I was just shocked. Seeing, seeing all these contracts kind of makes me question like my life decisions, right? Like I should, maybe yeah. I should have just focused more on baseball, like learn to throw left-handed, Yep. you know, just, you know, five ERA, I'll get me $77 million. Yeah. Know? Well, I, I started thinking that when I saw Jamie Moore, Moyer pitch in our, our younger <laughs> right. years, like that guy pitched forever because mm-hmm. he was left-handed and was quote unquote crafty. So yeah. Yeah, we, we made some poor decisions. That's for yeah, sure. we did. No. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to sit here and talk about relievers anyways. Um, yeah. The Los Angeles Dodgers, I love Kenley Jansen. I do. And I'm still in the camp that thinks he's going to come back to L.A. It's just too perfect. It'd, make, it'd be too weird to go somewhere else, and I just don't see it happening. Could be totally yeah, wrong. That would, that would be weird. Like, yeah, I, I, I feel like he's coming back. Yeah, I think he's, he's a favorite to re-sign with the Dodgers. Um, if he doesn't, I still think – you know, he's going to close no matter where he goes. He's, yeah. he's got a 10 year track record of elite, uh, you know, production, you know, in the ninth inning. So um, he's one of the best values, I think, right now in draft champions. Uh, I think ADP is around 90 something. Um, let me pull it. Uh, yeah, an ADP 92, which is round seven. Um, That's outstanding. Believe it or not, I think him and him and Chapman, who has an ADP of around 89 uh, and around six. I mean, I, I would love starting my team with, you know, one of Class A, Presley, Chapman, Jadson, Will Smith. I mean, those are guys, you know, I think are locked in. So, um, but in the scenario where, you know, he doesn't sign, re-sign with the Dodgers, uh, Knable and Joe Kelly are both free agents too. So that leaves uh, Blake Trinan, um, ADP 268 right now, round 18. Uh, when as early as pick 149, which is round 10, uh, could be just insane value if, you know, Kenley doesn't resign with them. I mean, he, he really kind of uh, got back to that elite form he showed with the A's in his breakout season. Um, just some of the sickest pitching ninja clips you'll ever see on his uh, sinker, cutter, whatever he throws. Um that could be end up being a really good value. And, and like I said, I was starting him last year on yeah. my draft champions team. Uh, actually, so last year, one of my DCs, um, 
I just drafted the entire Dodgers bullpen <laughs> behind Kenley Jansen. Not, not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, I just I was like Knable, Ken, uh, Trinan, and uh, Gratterall. Um, well, if they're going to win a hundred games, you're locking in probably what's well. They had fifty six saves, so you locked in pretty much every save. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, but another guy to watch um, round forty four ADP, Alex Vesia. He emerged as the Dodgers' top lefty last year. Um. 225 ERA, 0.98 WHIP, um, just over 12 Ks per nine. Uh, his 17.8 swinging strike percentage would have ranked among the leaders if he qualified. So, just a lot of upside there. Uh, does need to improve his control. He he walked about five batters per nine to, to really kind of take the next step forward. But um, I see him going in, in a lot of DCs, and you know, you could do worse. Yeah, I like that a lot. Let's uh I, I hate liking the Dodgers, but that's what they do. They win games <laughs> and they get saves and it's fantasy baseball. So yes, this sir. is where this is where we live. Um the, and I've 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 rostered Kenley Jansen probably like five straight seasons. So it's it's I, yeah. I, I if they're gonna win, I might as well get some some joy out of it. Um the Miami Marlins, this is always a tricky one because similar to the Orioles, like how many saves are they going to get? That's always a question. I still think they're gonna be better than they look on paper. But always moving pieces there. So how are you assessing this? Yeah, I'm. I'm I haven't looked at a, a Floro's contract, but I would imagine he's going to be the favorite to kind of start the year in the role, and they kind of uh, establish him. Uh, funny, we were just talking about Vesia because he was. They were flipped for each other uh, at the beginning of the last season between the Dodgers and Marlins. Um, Floro in his second year of arbitration, so. Yeah. Um, this season. So, I mean, it's possible they just start him in the closer role, build up his value some more, trade him, move on to Anthony Bender. He's the Bender's the guy I'm targeting in DCs right now. He's got around 26 ADP. He's kind of going in the, the Sewell, uh, Chad green, low IC range of, of kind of higher end relievers, uh, DCs. Um, Began his career going 21 straight appearances without allowing an earned run. Uh, had three wins, three saves last year. Great ratios. Um, like I said, should be in the mix for saves, but um, not really expecting an extended run in the role just yet. Um, still think Floro kind of opens in the role unless they sign someone. Um, but as it stands right now, I would go Floro, try to build up his trade value, trade him, and move on to Bender. I like it. Hope that's something they, that Derek Jeter and company are listening to, or Michelle Ng, I should say, are listening to. Um, the Milwaukee Brewers, Josh Hader is the dude. I, I I laugh every time they say he's going to get traded, but then I the Brewers and I don't nothing puts me past me. But uh, I love Hader. There's nothing not to love about Hader. You going anywhere else with this bullpen? I mean, Devin Williams got the first three saves of his career last season, um, and I think Hader was on the COVID list. Um, for a little bit and both uh uh William Suter and Boxberg got saves in his absence. Um but yeah haters getting pricey. Um I mean if the Brewers fall out of contention at some point, I mean there's always a risk of them moving on and they already have an elite reliever who's you know one NL reliever of the year, rookie of the year in Devin Williams. It's just you know, he really hurt that team punching the wall, um, celebrating their NL Central title win. Um, I mean, they, I'm sure they could have used him for the playoffs, but yeah, probably. Um, 
struggled to start last season too, uh, but he had eight wins, 23 holds. Um, so I, th- I think he's, you know, really solid target. And, and like I said, if, if Milwaukee falls out of it, which, you know, their starting pitching is just fantastic. So I don't know if that that's going to be the case, but, uh, you know, he could easily step into that role. All right, let's go to the Minnesota Twins here where they've had a lot of moving pieces as well. They traded some guys off last year. Uh, we know Duffy's got some electric stuff, but uh, where do you go? Because this, this this legit could be a bullpen that you can get some late uh, targets on. Yeah, I thought um, I thought Taylor Rogers would, would, would go a lot later. Um, he was somebody before drafts even started that I really, really kind of liked. Um, and I don't actually have him on the grid right now, but um, – you know, everyone drafting now is pretty smart, so he's not really mm-hmm. falling as as far as as I would have expected him to. But in terms of late round guys, I really like uh, Jorge Alcala. Um, he really closed out the year strong last year uh, between October or uh, August and October. Eighteen and two thirds innings, 0.96 ERA, 0.64 WHIP, twenty four to three K to walk. So I mean, that's that's really elite. Um, so around 39 ADP, he's definitely somebody that I would kind of prioritize on the higher end of, of guys I'd be, I'd be looking to target. Um, Duffy's in his final year of arbitration. So, you know, maybe they give him some chances and similar to some other guys we've talked about, you know, they try to trade him after some time in the role, uh, try to build up his trade value. Um, so I don't know. I just think Alcala, Taylor Rogers are, are two guys I really like and could could provide a lot of saves. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've started to slowly see that Alcala name, so let's hope he stays later in drafts. I, I'd be a big fan of that. Maybe also to be a little more aggressive on him when in these leagues where I need the saves because I could see that happening in Minnesota. Duffy, I could see easily getting traded in that scenario. So that could be a fun one too. Uh, the New York Mets, Edwin Diaz, I'm he still gets the job done. People like to clown on him from time to time, but he's good. But the secondary options here, even if they don't get saves, can really help a fantasy team. So what are we looking at in uh, New York? I'm really just looking at Trevor May. Um, you know, Seth Lugo used to be one I would target quite frequently in, in prior seasons. Um, I think May's just established himself as the next man up. Uh, seven wins and four saves last year, career high, 68 appearances. He always has a really strong K-minus walk percentage. Um his 15.8 swinging strike percentage was among the, you know, near the top of the leaderboard there too. So, um, you know, I think it's just May for me uh, around 41 ADP. Um, and then everyone else, I'm just not really interested in. All right. Let's go to the Bronx, the New York Yankees Chapman. He's still the man. He didn't have his elite elite year, but still a very, very good year last year. Like you said, if you can start out with Chapman at his price tag, that's still pretty darn good. Uh, but, you know, he doesn't get every opportunity. They, they kind of take care of him to make sure he's there for the postseason. So who else are you looking at in this bullpen? Yeah, it's Loi Sega and Chad Green. Um, both guys really stepped up huge last year for the Yankees. There were, there were big reasons, uh, you know, they they made the playoffs. Um, just because, you know, at the point they were making their run, Chapman was really struggling really bad. Um, he went on the IL, and, and those guys had to step up. So, um both of their ADPs are are a little bit before round 30, though I see you guys in round 24, green round, round 28 right now. Um, I do like green as kind of, you know, 
you want to get innings right. Um, you know, eight, 80 some innings last year. Um, a lot of strikeouts, uh, low whip. Um, you know, I think uh, 10 wins, six saves or something like that. Um, so he's definitely their, one of their highest leverage relievers. Um, definitely somebody I'd be targeting in that range um, for sure. Yeah, I'm a big Lois Sega fan, so uh, I'm with this this Yankees bullpen because lots of wins come from these guys as well. So yep. big fan, big fan of that. Uh, Oakland Athletics uh, revolving door. You mentioned Chafin, and he's I think he's a free agent this year, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, lots yeah, of moving. Chafin, pieces. Romo, Deakman, all gone. All so, gone. So really... barren bullpen. So what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, um, Trevino. Um, I think he could be a great value for saves for the first few months. Um, he's arbitration eligible for the first time. I could see Oakland selling off. I mean, if they're already talking about trading Matt Olson and, you know, some of their higher end players, I could see Trevino being part of that. Um, so I don't know. They have a new manager coming in. So we don't know who that is yet. Um, Melvin only used five pitchers for saves last year. Uh, I, really depends on who they sign. I really obviously expect them to be kind of on the cheaper end of the free agent market, but, you know, maybe someone like Boxberger out of, you know, a veteran that can kind of step in the, to the role to kind of compliment Trevino. But um, he had a, he had kind of a weird season too. Like he, he like really struggled for a while. <laughs> like uh, I think five innings or something like that. He gave up like 13 earned runs and then over the rest of the season, didn't even give it up that many. So um It'll be interesting to see like who starts uh, the year as the closer. Um, Trevino's ADP is is reasonable; it's around twenty two. So, like I said, I don't, you know I wouldn't expect a full year of saves from him. And, and again, it really depends on who they sign. But um, you know, he could be a good value for you know fifteen saves. Um, so. Yeah, it's gonna be a tough one because <laughs> yeah, there's like gonna they're, they're gonna one. there's gonna be some random Oakland guy that shows up and just <laughs> does it because it's what they do, which is what yeah. the A's do, and um, I don't know if I'm willing to take gambles on who that one's gonna be. So yeah, I'm not. Yeah, uh, let's go to Philadelphia. I've always been a Jose Alvarado fan. Last year, things didn't go a hundred percent as planned, but he still was kind of effective at times. Um, you know, we got uh, some openings in this bullpen. So how are you looking in Philadelphia? Yeah, I'm with you on Alvarado. Uh, around 38 ADP, you know, if you can tolerate a high whip, um, you'll get the handful of wins and saves. Uh, last year, he had his career best velocity, 99.4 miles per hour. So um, just also came with a career worst 18.5% walk rate. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Philadelphia, they're likely to sign a closer, trade for one. So, um I don't know. Alvarado could fall into some saves, but I, I think the more likely scenario is, you know, they they go after someone like Kimbrel or yep. um, one of the. I just about to say this is the yeah. this feels like the Kimbrel landing spot if there yeah. ever was one. So, mm-hmm. well, they tried be, to trade for him, I guess, before the White Sox did. Or, or, would have been much better something. than Joe Kelly. Yeah, or, or not Joe Kelly. Might I say that? Um, Kennedy, Ian Kennedy. Oh, yeah. Much better yeah. than Ian Kennedy. Both of them, yeah. <laughs> yeah, either one. It would have been either better one. than either one of them for sure. Yeah, exactly. um, let's go to Pittsburgh where, you know, Chris Stratton had his moments. Bedner had his moments. Rich Rodriguez out of town now. Um, where are we looking at in Pittsburgh? Because if one of these guys pitches well, they could be gone too. Yeah, this one's an interesting one because um, Derek Shelton used only three pitchers for saves last year. 
Um, it was Rodriguez and then Stratton and Bednar. Um, Bednar, clearly their highest leverage reliever, um, 32.5% strikeout rate. His K minus walk was among the leaders, among qualified relievers. Swing strike percentage was among the leaders. Um, he just had like a ridiculous run uh, from July through October, uh, 30 and two thirds innings, 088 ERA, 082 whip, 39 strikeouts, eight walks. Um, so I, I do think um, he's going to get a good share of the save opportunities, but um, I think he's more of that high leverage role, uh, eighth inning, seventh inning, let's get out of a jam type guy. They don't want to, you know, raise his cost too high yet. Um, but I definitely think he's kind of in the mix for the lower end of double digit saves, whereas Stratton probably more likely to kind of open the air in the role. Um, he was pretty effective in it. Um, he was a converted starter. Um, he was among the league former drummers uh, in innings pitched among relievers last year, uh, being the, you know, converted starter. Um, but uh, he's second year arbitration eligible in 2022 uh, one more year of arbitration before he becomes a free agent. So he's another one of those uh, possible trade candidates to monitor. Um, but if he does get traded, that means more opportunities for for David Bednar. Yeah, Bednar is the guy that I thought he was going to run with it last year, and he kind of did, got banged up a little, Stratton slid in, and worked out, obviously. But uh, yeah. I like, And, of I like course, Pittsburgh's second-worst save total with only 25. So yeah, I don't see that. thing to remember. I don't see, that, I don't see that changing much this year either. Like they just they don't seem to be making the right moves to to improve on that situation. Um, San Diego Padres a, very, a team with quite the conundrum, but Melanson out of the way this for now. We didn't expect that last year either. But there's so many options in this bullpen. Where do you kind of want to take some chances? Well, so there's not. I thought the same, but there's not as many options as I thought. Um, Melanson declined his half of the mutual option, so he's a free agent. Uh, Daniel Hudson's a free agent. Keone Kella free agent. Pomeranz tore his flexor tendon last August, so he is not likely to enter the mix. Um, Emilio Pagan gives up too many homers, so yeah. um, I don't know if he's fit for the role, even though he he previously closed for the Rays uh, a few years ago. So really, this is kind of a, an interesting bullpen to, to target right now in, dra- in early drafts because you know they haven't made any free agent moves. If they don't, um, really like Pierce Johnson, he's basically free uh, around 49 ADP, um, you know, good K rate, 322 ERA, 58 and two thirds innings, 77 Ks. So uh, another guy would be a lefty Tim Hill. He's not as flashy in the, in the strikeout percentage as, as Johnson is, but he pitched a career high 59 and two thirds last, last year. So uh, those are the two arms I'm monitoring now. Both are free. Um, both could be extremely good values, uh, depending on what happens over the next couple months. Yeah. I'm imagining they're going to bring someone in, but it'd be interesting, interesting to see what they actually end up doing in San Diego. Let's go to Seattle where there's always moving pieces. There's people that are becoming off the IL in the coming season. There's so many things going on, but they finished the year with Streckenrider doing well. We know Paul Seawald's deal. Castillo's there, which was an interesting trade. Lots and lots of pieces in Seattle. So what, how do you break this one down? Yeah, Scott Service stayed true to his committee all year. Um, mm-hmm. Can you name the eight relievers that got saved for them? Well, that was three of them. <laughs> um, you have Graveman, of course, got four. And then after that, no. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't remember. I know Keenan Middleton was got a few. Yeah, I don't Keenan remember Middleton. the other ones either. <laughs> so that's kind of why I pose that question. And, they, like, and then they get Ken Giles back this year, right? Right. So, so that's who yeah. I was going to mention. Um, I expect you know the committee to to grow even more this year with with Giles returning and Andres Munoz returning. Uh, another hundred mile per hour flashy upside. Um, so Sewold's second rider kind of go in the mid twenties right now uh, in DCs. Um, I might avoid that price. Uh, it, you know, there's still a lot of great hitters in that range and great starters that I would just rather have. Um, and I didn't even follow my own advice in the 50 cause I grabbed Sewold, but um, yeah, Giles was an elite reliever for years before mm-hmm. you know, he got hurt. So I imagine him, you know, he'll definitely be part of the mix with Sewell's second rider Castillo. Yeah, and then Munoz, like you you mentioned him too. My goodness, he got him from San Diego in the Ty France deal. And uh well Ty France came with him, I should say. And um Munoz lights out stuff in that arm. Like he's he could be a future closer as well if he can stay healthy. Like my goodness, that could be uh quite the group they have out of that bullpen. Really scary stuff if they actually get it going in the right direction. Yep. Um the San Francisco Giants, Camille Duval was amazing to finish the year. I'm still, as a Giants fan, thinking it's still going to be kind of a committee with Jake McGee. I'm not going to completely throw that one out the window with the way Kapler does things, but we'll see. He kind of threw it out the window towards the end of the season, but I'm still a believer in that. How are you looking at this bullpen? Um, I'm drafted to wall. Yeah. <laughs> he's, no, he's, he's a beast. He's so good. Um, I mean, he, he really struggled when he got first called up. Um, gave up four home runs in like 10 innings. But, you know, made some adjustments in the minors, came back in September, went 4-0, three saves, 14 and third scoreless innings. He was their closer in the in the playoffs um, with everyone healthy. So um, I just think, uh, I don't know, you might be right with, with uh, McGee, I mean, and Rodgers both returning for 2022. Uh, McGee was fantastic last year. He really, uh, he went like two months without allowing an earned run. Um, but just remember with McGee, he means like a one pitch pitcher. I mean, he yep. throws fastball. It's terrifying. Trust me. Terrifying <laughs> to watch. Um, he really had a sharp decline in his strikeout rate last year compared to 2020, but um, doesn't really walk many guys. Um, his experience in the role, I think, you know, he'll he'll kind of supplement Duvall. But um, one thing with San Francisco, obviously, they're going to win a lot of games. So there's more safe opportunities to be had. So even if Duvall shares a role with McGee at some point, you know, he could still finish with 30 saves. So, yeah. And let, let me clarify Duval, Doval is the guy. I think it's like a 70, 30, 75, 25 thing. Like it's not yeah. a 50, 50 by any means. Um, so it's probably more in line with what most of baseball does. Now it's probably more in line with what the Dodgers will do with Kimley Jansen. Let's put it that way. Yeah, exactly. And, and so, yeah, by no means, like I still think Duval is by far the, the guy I'm yeah. just, I've heard some people go, Oh no, like he's going to get a hundred percent. I'm like, no, 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 not, not with this situation. Trust me, not the way they run things in that place. So it won't be perfect, but it'll be pretty awesome. I'm with you. Yep. St. Louis, uh, Giovanni Gallegos. This was a fun discussion with Paul Sporer at FPAS, and it's been a kind of an ongoing discussion and different conversations. Uh, the stuff is ridiculous as you mentioned early on, but it's St. Louis. You know, what are we going to do there? So how are you approaching this bullpen? Yeah, uh, I, I want to get a share of Gallegos early on. Um, I just think, you know, he's been so good for so long. Um, just whip, like 0.08 whip for several years, uh, three ARA. You know, he's he's been a high leverage reliever for years. 
um, and you know, get like 14 saves or something over the last like month and change or something like something crazy. Uh, when they went on that crazy winning streak, um, Gallegos was a man. So Alex Reyes and potentially Jordan Hicks moving to the starting rotation. So it doesn't leave many people left if they, if they, you know, stay true to that. Um, Genesis Cabrera, he was among league leaders with 28 holds. He's basically free around 40, 49 ADP. But um, I don't know. I, I think this is guy he goes to show unless they sign someone like Melanson or a veteran. Um, and, you know, I think Gallegos, in terms of volume, when you compare to guys like Chapman, who hasn't gone over 60 innings in, in like five, six years, versus Gallegos, who's been in the, you know, 75, 80 range for several years now. I mean, that's significant volume that you want to kind of add to your, you know, more opportunities too. It's a good point. Very, very good point. And every time like, I talk to somebody about Gallegos, it makes me open my eyes more and more to what I was not paying attention to, apparently. So, um, yeah, very, very good. I know, I know. Sporer took him really early in in your draft and FBAS. Yeah. Um, in the draft champions, he went his highest pick, uh, at least the four that have been completed thus far. Highest pick fifty five, which is round four. His ADP yeah. is uh, eighty four, uh, which is more like round six. But I could see him moving up. Um, I know some people are just not on him at that price at all, but I could see him definitely paying that off just because he's he's just proven that he's been an elite reliever for years. So. Yeah, no, and I agree with you because the more I've looked at him, I'm like, wow, he's actually is outstanding. He's very, very good. I don't see that changing anytime soon. So I'm, I'm with you on that one for sure. Um, let's go to Tampa Bay, where if you ever want to take chances on late round closers, this is probably one of the like handful of destinations because it's always a revolving door. So um, who are you looking at in Tampa Bay? Um, really, for me, it's uh, Andrew Kittredge. I mean, his his price is a little. I don't know. I'm 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 kind of undecided right now because uh, in the early ECs he's um, coming in around round 22. Um, he definitely was their highest leverage reliever last season. He had nine wins, eight saves, seven holds, great ratios. All you know, under two ERA. Um, I just because they're just so extreme with their ninth inning usage. I'm not I'm not sure. I'll go in there uh, at that price. I mean, if he falls to like round you know, 2830, I'd probably be, probably be in on it, but um, there's just so many options in this bullpen. It's, I mean, betweens rounds, uh, I think Fairbanks went in like round 45 or something in my recent uh, 50. So, I mean, you can have all these guys, you know, late, but it's just so hard to trust. I mean, I just, I just am not gonna, I think they used 14 relievers last year for saves. So I'm just not going to trust anyone. I mean, there were guys, they were calling guys up from the minors. And then like, I think Dietrich ends got saves and people I've never even heard of before coming in and getting saves. And just like, I mean, how can you target anyone? You could draft these guys late and you won't even have them in your roster. Cause all of a sudden they get two saves this week. You start them next week. They don't get to see a save for two months. Like it's the weirdest rotation that they go through in that thing. It's a very, very annoying but uh, well, and it was strange too because Diego Castillo, I mean, he, he 30% K rate for a couple of years. So like, it was just odd that they just moved on from him. I just, yeah, I don't know. It was a weird trade. Like, Chargois, I like, good, I like Diego. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it's a clubhouse thing or what, but yeah, I was very surprised to see that move as well. I'm with you on that one. Uh, Texas Rangers, Joe Barlow made a lot of people happy last year. Do you go back to him this year? You go to some other options. What do you like in Texas? 
I'm not in on Barlow. Um, round 15 ADP, uh, two, 222 is his ADP in the early drafts. Um, he really surprised me. I mean, I'll give him credit. He really surprised me. Uh, 29 innings pitch, 155 ERA, 0.83 whip, 11 saves. Um, but he outperformed his estimators by nearly two points. Walks are a major concern for him. Um, he walked nearly six per nine in the minors. Now, he did improve that when he got called up, only 3.7 walks per nine. But he's just he's just one where, especially like if the Rangers spend some money, uh, I don't know. I'm I'm not in at round 15, and I'm avoiding. Um, and at some point, Jose Leclerc, Jonathan Hernandez will be back. Um, True. You know, probably not early in the season, but eventually those guys will be back, and those guys are a little bit more established from a, you know, uh, uh, from the, uh, experience wise. So. I don't know. I could just see them. I could just see Barlow struggling in the role. I mean, I, he's he's obviously the favorite to open twenty two in the role. I just, I just, I just won't be drafting him. All right, let's talk Toronto Blue Jays. Jordan Romano was outstanding this past season. Uh, you just going to roll with Romano, or are there some other options in Toronto that stand out to you? Yeah, he's the one. Um, he's the one kind of safe guy. Um, quotation marks. Uh, <laughs> that I'm avoiding in the, among the top uh, closers. Uh, I tweeted a few weeks ago that I could see Toronto returning him to more flexible high leverage role than sticking, you know, committing to them, him as their closer. So I don't know. It's his final year before he's arbitration eligible. Like, I mean, that alone, I mean, I don't, obviously the Jays just spent a ton of money on Barrios today. So, you know, historically that front office, uh, you know, hasn't really spent. Um, so I don't know. I just see Romano as, you know, fantastic bullpen arm. I just don't know if he's there for sure closer. And I can see them addressing the bullpen in the free agency because the bullpen woes in Toronto were a big reason they didn't make the playoffs. I mean, True. it was Romano and like nobody else. Now they, they did make a lot of moves to address the pen. They acquired Adam Simber. Um, uh, well, uh, Brad Hand. Uh, they, they acquired, didn't work out. Um, I don't know. And, and there's still the threat of Julian Merriweather, who has yep. started the year as a closer, reaches triple digits, just couldn't stay healthy. So he's going kind of going around 35, 80 P ish. Uh, Merriweather is. So he's someone that's kind of a late target that I'll, I'll be looking at uh, just in case Romano isn't the guy. Yeah. Merriweather was one of those early, let's spend all our fab dollars on. And then he got hurt. So He's definitely got the goods, like you said, throwing triple digits up there, which is great in that closer's role. So I could see that happen as well. And I, I kind of agree. Like I like Romano a ton, but he seems like he could be fit for a high leverage role as well. So, like, a, yeah, a little bit of health concerns too. Like he, he had a minimum IL stint last year, but before that, I think you know, he, you know, a couple injury concerns. But I'm sure they would like to to keep him healthy as long as they can, just because he's just so good. We got to remember Toronto's man, the manager is a former Tampa Bay uh, coach, so we know how they like to handle things. So right, exactly, def- definitely in play as well. Uh, last but not least, the Washington Nationals, their bullpen got a full makeover last year and had tons of struggles. So um, you know, we liked Finnegan. He he stumbled to the finish line. Uh, many options here in uh, Washington. Yeah, the only two guys I'm really looking at in DCs is is Tanner Rainey and Kyle Finnegan. Um, Rainey has a round 25 ADP Finnegan round 28, uh, from the early DCs. Um, 
I'm really not sure who they're going to go with. I mean, Finnegan was successful in the role for a little bit. Then Rainey came on strong late in the year after he was just awful. He was awful all year. And then uh, spent some time in the minors, dealt with an injury, and then really upon his return just kind of was a completely different pitcher. So um, if I had to choose one right now, I would pick Rainey. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's just – it's very unsettled right now. I'm, I'm not really per se targeting these guys. Um, so, but someone will get saves. Yeah. <laughs> so it could be both of them. Hopefully it's a lot. Cause I want Juan Soto to win a triple crown eventually, but uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, Rainey was the guy that a lot of us liked going into last season, or at least was higher up on the list going into last season and just weirdness took place. And Finnegan kind of came in there, but then Finnegan got hurt. So, I'd imagine one of the two has a good run for sure. If yeah. not, hold on to it. I'm with you, yeah. with you on that. Um, but that'll wrap up all 30 teams, Ryan. Uh, any other thoughts on the the closing situations going into 2022? Things you're focusing on? Maybe something else to uh, look at for your DCs? Uh, no, I think I mean I think we covered everything. I just yeah. you know looking at like contract statuses is something you know just to kind of take a look at like just identify guys like even, even Edwin Diaz is in the last year of his contract and with New York and, you know, what if they suck, you know, mm-hmm. you could, you could move on. Obviously you'd probably close somewhere wherever he goes, but um, it's just something I pay attention to just because, you know, you, you, forecasting saves right now is just so hard. It's so early. There's so many free agent signings that are going to happen over the next few months. So, I mean, the 80th percentile for draft champions is 67 saves. I mean, do, do you have to get that many to do well? No. Um, Steve Weimer, I think, finished with 40-some and finished yeah. second overall in the in the D.C. Uh, format last year. So, um, I mean, so for me, I'm prioritizing, you know, one good guy uh, for sure. Um, and, you know, if I can get a guy like, uh, you know, Will Smith or Duvall even, um, he kind of emerges – and, and, you know, I'm set, but, um, you know, you can always fill in late rounds for, for saves, even if it's not, you know, high number of saves, there's, there's definitely options there just because so many more pitchers are getting saves these days. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you. I'm with you. Like, I like the idea of go get two studs early if you want, if you want to get aggressive and just lock them in, or you, there's tons of options, as you mentioned that you could fill you could backfill if you need to. I think it, most importantly, I'm, I've been on this mantra the last couple of years, at least get one of the like top eight to 10 guys, at least get yeah. one guy, you know, is going to be in a role and then build from there because that'll lock you in hopefully like 30 ish saves, give or take. And you can yeah. kind of, kind of make it work from there. It's just, it's tough timing the runs though, because yes. you, like once the run hits, like as soon as Hendricks and Hader go and it's like, okay. So once the Chapman, Jansen, Will Smith, Romano range is there, like once one goes, they're all just going because people know like you need saves i'm gonna go get them now and if you miss that run then you're stuck with got you know the barlows and the bednars and you know perhaps the later on guys so you really kind of have to hit later on then if you miss miss out on one of those elite guys so and that, that that's what happened to me in the fpas draft is like every time i go okay i'll get this guy coming around and then boom like three more guys went and i'm like what in the world is going on I'm like, well, I'm not going to pay for this guy in this round. And then next thing you know, he's gone. So it's a wild world out there, folks. Uh, So get ready to uh, change your your philosophy 
on some of these players if you want to be you know think you're going to feel good leaving your draft otherwise you're going to be stream or uh playing the game a lot later in rounds which is fine too which you can do but uh ryan will wrap it up right there once again remind everybody about all the great stuff at rotowire before we head on out of here yep uh rotowire um uh, closer grid um working on a lot of uh, outlooks right now it's rotowire.com slash baseball slash closers um where you can find our new closer grid a lot of new features to look at um the all the teams are on there you can Click the team right on the page, see their depth chart, see their usage over the last seven days, see their stats. Um, so really excited about those. And um, definitely once uh, the Fantasy Baseball uh, magazine and draft kit comes out, uh, again, look out for that as well. There's a lot of uh, a lot of hard work going into that, a lot of uh, different contributors. So um, it's definitely, uh, you know, I'll give it to all the Baseball HQ guys who are working on the forecaster right now and, everyone who's does projections player outlooks i mean it's a lot of work so kudos to everyone who's who's putting in that work and, and helping us guys you know prepare for drafts yep it is a ton of work it's, it's a labor, labor of love, love. we, we yep. love it it's exactly it's a labor of love so enjoy it but as always ryan i appreciate chatting with you and i uh, look forward to uh, doing it again sometime keep up the awesome work over that rotowire yeah thanks so much for having me appreciate it all right everybody, this is bench with bubba episode 415 late round relievers with ryan roof of rotowire Catch y'all later.